And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. Welcome back to 1% Better, although it might be time to change the name of the podcast. An eventful 48 hours for the Indianapolis Colts. This is Zach Kiefer, joined as always by James Boyd. We got back from Boston yesterday and had one of the wildest days I've had on this beat in nine years. Probably the most stunned I've been since the night Andrew Luck retired. It's not that they fired Frank Reich. We had heard rumblings that that was going to happen for a couple days. Frank Reich is out after five plus seasons. The stunner, James, is who they turned to. They didn't turn to a coach on their staff. They didn't turn to a coach with any college or NFL coaching experience. They turned to Jeff Saturday, one of the best players in franchise history. We had a bizarre press conference last night. I'm sure a lot of you out there watched. Bizarre is is, is probably not even the right word. Where we heard from Jim Irsay, Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday. James, what did we learn from that press conference last night? We learned that Jim Irsay is the one making these calls, quite frankly. That's the only way to put it. I think my biggest takeaway was Jeff Saturday got a job to coach an NFL team at an interim, you know, level or interim basis, but still an NFL head coaching job because Jim Ursay likes him. That's literally it. Why was Jeff Saturday no college NFL experience a better fit for this franchise? You said it because he's a better fit. You know, he he's the best man for the job. There's no question about it, you know, in my mind, you know, uh and I've been around it a long time. You know, last coach I, I hired as an intern head coach was Bruce Arians. It was the right coach, you know. So he was the best guy. That's why. I mean, there's, there's no other mystery behind that. He does not have the qualifications to be an NFL head coach. As you alluded to, he has no experience in the college or NFL level. And I would like to point this out. I've had a spirited debate with fans about this this morning. He was a great player, really good player, played for a, lo- a long time. Hell of a player. Great absolutely, dude, Great human being. Everything you want in a football Played, you know, person. one of the most cerebral positions at center. Obviously, you had to be smart to play that position. However, I think a lot of people are understating how hard it is to be a coach who runs an entire, you know, franchise, so to speak, you know, when you're given the keys, as opposed to just worrying about your position and being great at one position or being great in a room or a locker room. Like he's in charge of hundreds now in a sense. And so I think that he is in over his head a bit. I understand why he would accept the position because who wouldn't, I mean, he would just be an ESPN analyst and quite frankly, it probably pays better to be an interim head coach and a lot more fun. It doesn't <laughs> exactly, hurt him at all. Exactly. This fails. It's but not on him. On right. the flip side, it could really hurt the perception and just the the will around this franchise because you have coaches that you overlooked on your staff with more experience. I'm sure many of them would have liked an eight-game audition. And when I asked 
Jim Ursay about that, what makes Jeff Saturday better, he literally says because he's a better fit. That's why. Yeah, there that was no is not good enough. There was no, no real because he cannot give one. Quite frankly, he he was twenty and sixteen as a high school coach in Georgia for three seasons. He won one playoff game as a high school coach. That is his coaching resume. And I would like to point this out real quick because sometimes Twitter is great. One of the <laughs> fans tweeted at me and he says, "I don't know why everyone's overthinking this because if you had just blind resumes with no name, no Jeff Saturday, and you looked at all the resumes that would have come in for a job like this, you would look at a resume with a." you know, high school coaching job on it as the only coaching experience, laugh and throw it in the trash. And that is a fact. It's true. It's true. Now, this is not me rooting against Jeff Saturday. Like you said, he's a great guy. I think he is as well. But questions needed to be asked about why he was given this position. And again, I think it's literally because Jim Ursay likes him. That's it. I think his playing career obviously has a big role in that. But my takeaway is this is so little about Jeff Saturday right now. This is about Chris Bowd, and more importantly, this is about Jim Irsay. And I reached out to a lot of people around the league yesterday, you know, coaches who have been in that building in the past, executives who have been in that building, scouts who have been in that building. And the response is a mixture of absolute disbelief, laughter, and words like, is this real? This feels like a circus. And then one person texted me after the press conference last night and said that was embarrassing. I think that's the sense I've gotten from a lot of Colts fans who watched it. Now, everyone's not going to agree. Really, my takeaway, and this is what I wrote last night, this this was a stunning moment for this franchise that's, that's really grasping at straws for the next answer. They're clinging to the past, right? Jim Mercer kept saying last night, we're the fourth weeningest team since the turn of the century. That's great, but Andrew and Peyton are gone. And that's the only reason you're the fourth winningest team of this decade. You haven't won a playoff game in four years. You've won one playoff game in the last eight years. This roster is deeply flawed. You don't have an answer at quarterback. You can't protect that quarterback. And to lean on the glory days just feels extremely misguided, in my opinion, right now. And and this was a sad moment. This was a sad moment for a proud franchise, in my opinion, And at the core of it, at the core of it, is the ego and the meddling of Jim Ursay. I mean, just listen to these quotes. I mean, these were asked about Jeff Saturday's experience. He said, I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league because it's tough for all of our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the fear. What the hell does that even mean? Is that a shot at Frank Reich? I mean, it could be, but I had the same takeaway. When he said that, like in real time, I was like, wow, that's that's a shot at, you know, Reich. Because he would really break it down and explain to us like what all that stuff meant. Um, and we appreciated that. We always love detail. But um, even if you say you're going to go a different direction, there was no need to really go down that route. But as you said, there were other, you know, quotes throughout the night that just didn't seem... I've never hired a losing head coach in my life. The last interim I hired was Bruce Arians. Big difference. Bruce Arians was a Super Bowl winning coordinator with decades of experience in the NFL who had been a college head coach. Again, not a shot at Jeff Saturday, but the rationale and the reasoning they gave last night was so misguided, in my opinion. Yeah, and then he was asked, you know, in in 27, I want to get to this point because Andrew Luck was inevitably going to be brought up. And he was. Andrew Luck was, yeah, took a stray bullet last night. Yeah. 
Ursay was asked, you have never fired a coach in season in 27 years. Is that a reflection of your patience or frustration? And he says, well, you know, things change. 27 years, I never had a quarterback retire on me at the age of 29 in his prime. Things change. And he basically tried to justify it by like, we have to make unique moves because we're in a unique situation. But part of me is like, I am sick of hearing the Andrew Luck excuse, quite frankly. I get that it was unprecedented what he did. But to follow that up years later, you know, years later now, and to do an unprecedented thing like hire a coach who doesn't have any experience because you want to just do something different doesn't seem like a logical decision. And again, this could be, it could work out. Jeff could be good at it, Zach. But are any of us like really like sold on him actually being a good head coach? Like a lot of the comments we were, we were kind of, talking about just amongst you know the media members i'm sure amongst other people around the country is like he's gonna have to literally ask the rest of his staff for help the staff that is more experienced than him to prepare him for the position james he had to ask them their names last night again and this is not a shot at jeff saturday he flew in yesterday from georgia and he had to meet the assistant coaches on his staff he didn't know them there's no way on the release announcing his hire the last line said he attended Colts training camp in 2022. This is unprecedented in modern NFL history. Not in six decades has someone with no college or NFL head coaching or coaching experience at any level of the staff been hired. And again, it was a surreal night. And to go back to your point about Andrew Luck, there is a rising bitterness in this franchise that is becoming more and more palpable over the last 18, 24 months that he walked away when he did. At first, when it happened, and nobody's written and said more about that event than I have, at first when it happened, it was, we're going to move on, we're going to move forward, we're going to deal with this. Now it's, well, he really screwed us. And the bitterness of missing on Carson Wentz and missing on Matt Ryan and having to play Sam Langer this season is becoming very obvious in this franchise. It, it really, you know, it cost Frank Reich his jog, among, among other things. And the thing that stood out to me last night was Chris Ballard, was the feistiness and almost the resentfulness and the spicy. smug nature of the Colts GM who took offense with some of our questions. This is the first time we've had to we've had a chance to ask Chris Ballard publicly about this team's disappointing season so far. And he was spirited like he usually is, you know, took a shot at the media. I'll I'll read you his quote. I think all of you know that you've been kicking the shit out of me for years for not drafting wideouts, and all of a sudden I look up and we're underperforming on the offensive line. That's got to improve. That's got to improve. And he explained a little bit why. We all know that. We all watch the nine sacks in Foxborough, the most sacks they've given up in five years. But that's what stood out to me. I mean, that's what stood out to me is I don't know if they're taking responsibility for where this is at. It didn't sound like they understand how bad this is. And it doesn't sound like they understand how hard it's going to be to climb out of it. Because hope is really hard to find right now in that building. And I cannot tell you the amount of people inside that building yesterday that were texting me, one, things I can't even repeat, and secondly, essentially, WTF. Like, what is this franchise doing? This franchise has earned a lot of respect around the league for the way it handled the luck thing, right? They didn't crater. They didn't fall apart. A lot of teams would have been in the top three in the draft and within a year. They were competitive. They didn't win a division, but they were competitive. They made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. That feels like a 180. The emotions and the pride that this team has had it feels like it's cratered. 
and last night feels like a low point because they feel as far away as they've ever been for competing for a Super Bowl, and they're reaching and grasping for straws and pulling back to the glory days with an unqualified coaching candidate to try and save them, and it's going to end even messier than it already is. Yeah, and Chris Ballard said, you know, quote, um, I don't sit here and act like I don't share some of the blame. Damn right I do, but also know that we've got eight games left, and I'm not just ready to fire the towel in like everybody else. The world is going to fire the towel in on us. We're not throwing in the towel. I don't think they are. I seriously maybe think that like in their in their minds, they think that they're not mailing it in. But hey, I'm here to be the voice of reason. This is if it's not waving the white flag. Do they not know how bad their offense is? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's completely ridiculous. Chris Ballard always says, you watch the same games I do. What did he watch on Sunday? They're running out of people to fire. They're running out of people to fire. Jeff Saturday had to interview people last night to decide who's going to call plays in five days against another NFL team. That's a real sentence. That really is happening. Because he, one, he doesn't know these guys. And two... They don't have an obvious choice to call plays because they fired the OC and the head coach. <laughs> what has happened to this team? And that's my point. Like, there's been so much chaos, quite frankly, within this team the last three weeks or so that with each step, it's made it harder to believe that they're really fighting for something. I don't, I'm not saying I'm not questioning their effort. Like, I think the players are going to play hard because at this point, you're playing for your check and your job. And your ability to yeah, stand and the I NFL. think Jeff Saturday is going to give him something. Right, he's he's an awesome dude. I think he's going to get them to play hard for a week or two, but I don't see this ending well. But to your point, playing hard does not equate to playing well, which they just haven't done. What is the offensive scheme going to look like? Jeff Saturday is going to have to have someone build a game plan with him because he's never done it. Like that's the part where I think people again are discrediting how hard it is to be an NFL head coach. I understand that Frank Reich was not, you know, good this season, but he was 40, you know, 33 and one in, in, in his tenure, which is a lot more games than Jeff Saturday has, which is zero on an NFL sideline since he's retired. They're glad he was available. I was getting to that. He said he was available. And I'm like, how was he unavailable? He was doing TV. Like, well, you had to outbid Hebron. Oh High my gosh. Let me ask you about this. This was an interesting comment chris ballard was asked if he was on board with the saturday hire i asked him this question he said we had some spirited discussions like they can be because we're both professionals about what we do this is me guessing there is no way chris ballard made this decision there is no way he chose a former player who hasn't coached a game in the nfl to lead this team that he believes is not waving the white flag that makes no sense on any level but as Jim Mercer said, he wants Chris Ballard back next year. That's the expectation. He has not thought about firing him. Adds another layer to this dysfunction because there's just there's just no way that Chris Ballard picks up this call and makes a phone call to Jeff Saturday on Sunday night and says, hey, I want you to come to Indy and coach my team the next eight games. When they have two former head coaches on staff, a former college coach on staff, a former CFL head coach on staff, and Bubba Ventrone, who Ursay likes, and who I thought would have been a logical choice. But this is this is a different level. And the bigger point being, this is the third consecutive colossal decision that has been made solely by Jim Irsay. He ordered the, the trade of Carson Wentz. He ordered the benching of Matt Ryan. And he directed the hiring of Jeff Saturday. This is a meddling owner who is crippling his franchise at this point. 
I don't think there's any other way to look at it. And that was the message that was sent loud and clear. Like, I'm going to do what I want. And some of the pushback that we received for asking questions, like one of them, one of the things he asked was about the Rooney rule, which by now many of you know does not take effect until the offseason. So when the offseason comes, they'll have to go through an entire um, hiring process again, make sure that minorities are included in that process. It's basically like an equal opportunity thing, um, which makes sense. That's why the rule was created, because quite frankly, black coaches were not getting the same opportunities for these, you know, for these jobs. I mean, this is exactly what Brian Flores was talking right. about. But to Ursay's credit, like his answer was passable to that to that, to that question. He's like, hey, like, you know, this is not, uh, you know, anything to do with the Rooney rule, blah, blah, blah. We'll follow this, you know, follow the rule to a T over the summer, which, hey, we'll wait and see. And I have, you know, I'm in January. Right. They will. They will. Exactly. They like, I don't have a reason to think that they won't like it. I mean, you can't. So I understand that they will do that. But when you basically point the finger and say, like, are any of you held accountable? Like, you know, you got to make a story out of nothing and like. You know, do your editors bring you in and ask you questions about what you wrote? And it's like, yes, yes, we are held accountable, which is why we're asking you all of the hard questions, because as an owner of a team, yes, it is hard, but we cannot let decisions like this go and be, you know, only asking questions like, what do the fans expect from Jeff Saturday or how happy are you to be back, Jeff? Like those questions will come and they're fair, but I felt like last night was our chance to really ask the questions that needed to be asked about a team that's headed, in my opinion, just down the drain this season. I mean, beyond just losing games, which is uh, which I wrote, you know, on Sunday night, I said Sam Ellinger's not the answer. This team should be looking at the draft. I caught some heat for it. <laughs> Obviously, less than 24 hours later, they they fire their coach and they hire a coach who has no experience. And if you tell me that they're trying to win games and they're going to win a lot of games, you're delusional to me. Like this is this is not going to end well. But all that to Let's say, transition into that. I mean, I mean, I just don't think that this was a good look for Jim Ursay because he he seems so combative for one and two. He's never taken shots at the media, right? Not not often. And it's fine. Like, like I don't care. Night. Like, but it was a strange. But it, w- it was it was it was like I'm gonna just tell you all, you know, what I really think, and it's like that's fine. But what you really think doesn't have a lot of merit behind it when it comes to just Jeff Saturday. Like I can understand the Frank Reich firing, but the Jeff Saturday thing yeah, is just absolutely. unbelievable. I mean, I, I had to text you guys. I'm like, Hey, this is my first year on the beat. Am I tripping to think that this is ridiculous? Like he has no head coaching experience. And it's like, no, you're like, you're not entirely wrong. So no, it's not, it's, it's unprecedented yeah. the last 60 years of NFL football. And it's, it's not the move of a serious team. It's not. And these aren't even my words. These are words from people I've talked to around the league. And there are coaches that are pissed off, not necessarily on the Colts staff, but there are coaches around the league that are pissed off. A guy with hardly any coaching qualifications gets an opportunity that they would kill for, kill for, that they have worked decades for. And let's get to the news of last night because there were a couple of tidbits that are important. I mentioned that Jim Irsay said Chris Ballard will be back as GM. Now, Jim Irsay is on the record as of two weeks ago saying Frank Reich is safe. I didn't believe it then, and Frank Reich was fired on Monday, so we'll see. But he did give Chris Bowd a vote of confidence. It almost seemed combative towards us defending his resume, and it didn't even feel like the criticisms of Chris Bowd were fair. That's Jim Irsay's sentiment last night. I would disagree with that, having watched this offensive line this year. Jeff Saturday hopes to coach beyond 2022 with this team. Now, they will have to go through the full hiring cycle to meet the Rooney Rule 
in January, whenever this is over. That's stunning to me. Like that is just stunning. They had hired, they had tried to hire him before as the O-line coach and it just hadn't worked out. But that is just a bold move. If he wins four games, do you stick with Jeff Saturday? We'll get there when we get there. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, Sam Ellinger is remaining QB1 as of right now. Those were words from Jeff Saturday. At what point do they think about going back to Matt Ryan? And is Jeff Saturday even allowed to make that decision? I don't have an answer for that. I would love Matt Ryan's unfiltered thoughts on the mess that is this team right now. I would love DeForest Buckner's thoughts, Stephon Gilmore's thoughts. I mean, these guys have to be as stunned as the rest of us when they learned that Jeff Saturday, who they didn't even, some of them didn't even know, is taking over this team for the final eight games. And here's the thing. We didn't have to say this. Jeff Saturday said it. He asked Ursay when Ursay called him late oh Sunday night gosh. and said, why are you calling me for this job? With all due respect, why am I a candidate at any level? Totally legitimate question. Jeff Saturday said he was shocked. Shocked was an understatement. And here we are. Nothing surprises me anymore with this team. But this was a bizarre day capped by a bizarre press conference that I still feel like it wasn't real. Like, don't these fans deserve like a real organization that's, that's run by adults? It just feels like they're flying at the seat of their pants, grasping at straws, desperate to cling to the glory days. And it's going to blow up in their face. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One other thing to note that Jim Ursay said 
he basically said if Jeff Saturday had turned them down, we wouldn't be here. Is is, is how this? He, this is weird. And I'm like, what does that? Mean? What does that even mean? Is like, Frank is still Frank the still the coach? Like, do you just hire someone who's already on the staff? My point is like. I think I want to rewind and be think and think to myself, like, how long were you thinking about making this move? Because it all happened so fast. You lose a game, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, you're already on the phone with Jeff Saturday asking him to not like gauge and like, can you come be our coach? And then hiring him, you know, the next day or whenever you all made it official. But all that happened within less than 24 hours. And and, and he's saying if it doesn't happen we're not here for this press conference. Like, what does that mean? And and I think that speaks to just the level of just hasty, quick decisions that at first said he makes these decisions and, and they're like very analytical. And he's like, it's like the CIA and you want to make, you know, all these decisions with a lot of thoughts put into it. And then he also says it's intuitive. Like, right. What? unexplainable i'll tell you what zach like i would love for someone to give me a great job that pays very well because it was an intuitive decision and not based off of something else and again i am not dissing jeff saturday i think that he was i know that he was a great player um well respected around the league knows a lot about football but again it is very i would imagine very difficult to go from critiquing a team occasionally on tv to dealing with a team on a day-to-day basis and running all of the operations. Again, he's going to have a ton of help. This is the issue I took last night, right? Like Jim Irsay explained Jeff, Jeff Saturday's qualifications by telling a story about how he figured out that they should be man blocking instead of zone blocking in the Super Bowl. Like Jeff Saturday was a great player, man. But the vibe I got from talking to some former coaches around the league yesterday was the average fan has no idea how much goes into being a head coach. There's so much behind the scenes that goes into being a head coach. I don't even think we really specifically, know, to be honest. Like, that goes no, all no, there's into no way we way. do. There's no way. Everything. No. And the other thing that's, that's very, very important right now, if they are not tanking, which who the hell knows what they're doing, they don't have an offensive identity right now. And Jeff Saturday is not going to change that. They're not going to have an offensive game plan out of nowhere that suddenly works I'm not sure if they can score more than 10 points a game the rest of the season. We'll see. I'm I'm happy to be wrong. Jeff Saturday, working out would be a great story. And he's an easy-to-like guy, and he's he's great for football, and he's great for this city. But the qualifications just aren't there. And the vibe I got from talking to these coaches was like, it is so hard to be an NFL head coach. And to just walk straight into that, to go from zero to 100 miles an hour— is unprecedented for a reason because it just doesn't make logical sense. And the fact that they don't even have an OC in place and their quarterback's coach is probably going to have to call plays because he's the only guy on staff who's ever called a play in an NFL game. And like the fact that, is Matt Ryan able to call plays? Like the fact that we're throwing out there as a possible solution is beyond ridiculous. Like this is supposed to be an NFL team and they're operating like the bad news bears right now. And I'm here for it the next eight games because it's going to be fascinating. But to put a cap on that, this was one of the last quotes Jim Irsay gave last night, and he loves to bring up the old guys, the old guard, these guys he learned from early in his career. He said, Al Davis has always been my big influencer in terms of football. I'm not sure that's a great thing to say right now. He said, Shula, Paul Brown, Tex Schramm, all those guys. Yes, but Al was number one. And if Al was here, he would say, you would say, Al, why do you think Jeff Saturday is going to work out? Why is he going to be successful? And Al Davis would say three words. He's not scared. That's not good enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. 
having the right personality is not enough. There is so much more into being a coach. And this is a strange, strange, strange decision from Jim Mersey. So I'll put a cap on it with, you know, the last uh, quote of the night from our guy Chap, who I, I just want to say just as a quick as a, as a fan of Chap, I so looked forward to just talking to him, Zach. As soon as the news came out, everything. Chaps the I was like, let me like, let me best. just go talk to this guy again. As as the as the young whippersnapper, I guess on the on the beat, and then and the, you know got the uh, the guy who's been here, the elder statesman. It was hilarious talking to him about just all the different things he's experienced with this franchise. But um, he asked, you know, Jeff Saturday at the end of the press conference, snuck one in. He's like, "Will you have to win on the locker room?" Saturday says, "Sure, I've got to earn it." Everybody, not just players, coaching staff, you've got to earn your place here. And I use that in my column. Quite frankly, Jeff Saturday did not earn his place as a head coach in the NFL, interim or not. He did not earn it. He was given it. He may be good at it, but he did not earn it. Now, we'll see how that goes over in the locker room and with the rest of his coaching staff. I think he's a likable guy. I think he's a stand-up guy. Nothing to, like, you know, dislike about him. But the process of how he got there is what is to dislike. And I think that is going to take some smoothing over from guys who feel like I've been slighted. And again, when your owner says, here's your resume, here's Jeff Saturday's resume. Oh, I chose him because he's just a better fit. That's all there is to it. There's no doubt in my mind. And he's saying things like, you just know it when you see it. Whenever I hear talk, like know it when you see it, uh, you know, toughness, leadership, and you don't have like, tangible things to actually talk about i think that you're entering some some murky water whenever those things come up because it's like you're trying to sell something that you don't really know is going to work because you have no proof that it's worked in the past so we'll see this is a uh, very interesting and i'll add this too if the colts by some miracle win you know on the road against the raiders in las vegas in week 10 their coach, Josh McDaniels, who was reportedly, you know, oh, safe. Oh, goodness, the storylines. He he might be, you know, looking at the Frank Wright treatment because of, you know, how hey, bad man, it was. I covered be. the Josh McDaniels era in Indianapolis. I was there for I'm just saying, like, 48 you know, hours. I, I saw that report. You know, I think it was Josina Anderson. I'm not going against her reporting. I think, obviously, she's sourced out or whatever. But she's saying he's safe, and we heard the same things. Two weeks ago. Yeah, every owner's different. Every owner's different. That's a bad look. That's a bad look for a team with a lot of talent, with a lot of Pro Bowl talent on that on that side. It makes for an interesting game. I'll say that because, oh, my gosh. if I feel like every experience that I've had so far on this beat, Zach, like, it's funny because all of you say, like, at first it was like, oh, you'll get used to this, you'll get used to this, this will change, whatever. And, like, all of us now are rookies when it comes to this because this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. We asked Chap last night, who's covered the team since they moved here in 84, where this ranks. And he said it's top three in terms of stunning moments he's had on the beat. And everybody knows what the most stunning moment was a couple of years ago. But this feels like one of the biggest gambles of Jim Mersey's career. And maybe it just dissolves. Maybe it just fades. And it's just an eight-game experiment that doesn't go well. I don't think there's any egg on the face of Jeff Saturday. There certainly is on the face of Jim Mersey and Chris Ballard. And Again, another question I have is, is, is Chris Ballard even making decisions anymore? That's a, that's he, a very good he, one. Jim Mersey made the decision to trade Carson Wentz. Jim Mersey made the decision to bench Matt Ryan. That locker room did not like that decision. And Jim Mersey made the decision to go hire Jeff Saturday with no college or NFL coaching experience to lead this team that they say 
is still in it. They said that multiple times last night. When do you think they will admit that they're not in it? If they ever that, do. That I don't know, because we won't hear from Ursa and Ballard until the season's over. Let me ask you this, James. One of my favorite parts about this job is an open locker room, because there's a lot of players in there that you can go talk to. We will be in the locker room tomorrow. Jeff Saturday has not met with the team. I don't expect him to today because it's the player's day off. He will meet with the team tomorrow morning. Players have had 48 hours to process the bizarreness of this all. What do the players think right now? What does Buckner think, who came here to win playoff games? What does Stefan Gilmore think, who came here to do the same thing? What I mean, I'm mentioning the defensive players because they're doing their job. They're holding up their end of the bargain. The offense is an abject mess. What do the veterans on this roster think of this unprecedented move? Well, I think the veterans on the offensive line should just do whatever Jeff Saturday says. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll fix the line. But if he does that, then he, he That's then a he's win. earned the job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how, how does Chris Strasser still have a job? How does Marcus Brady not have a job and Frank Reich not have a job and Marcus Brady doesn't have a job? And Chris Strasser has a job. After what we saw in Foxborough? It's unbelievable, but I, I think that I'm looking forward to obviously talking to them on the record, but more so just off the record, you know, cut the recorder off and really just talk to them and kind of gauge the temperature of that locker room after another seismic change. I think that you get some of your raw stuff when you're not, you know, trying to, you know, stick a mic in the guy's face and get him to say something that's going to work in your story. Sometimes it's about just like letting stuff marinate and being able to tell the story from your perspective using you know, some of the emotion and, you know, your eyes, your ears and stuff like that when you're in a locker room because nothing's going to shift or change how they really feel at this point because it feels like every step is just further away from who they want to be. Looking forward to talking to Shaquille Leonard as well, you know, and others just because. What a roller Yeah, you never. Shaq's been here five and a half years. What a Jonathan what Taylor, a you know, like you mean guys who have kind of feel like it's, they've had like these, you know, uh, underwhelming seasons but it, it feels like overall though the entire team now is feeling the weight of that whether you play good or bad whether you've been hurt or not the entire team is dealing with the reality of their owner um making decisions that have not been made you know in a very very long time and seem like they're not going to result in a fruitful season you know i, I don't think there was going to be fruitful before but it, it absolutely feels like right now they're just free falling and trying to stick their arms out, you know, and try to catch themselves from hitting rock bottom. So I last don't know. year at the end of the season, Jim Ursay, what is rock bottom? I wrote on Sunday that they're redefining the term. Jim Ursay wrote last season to season ticket holders after the season, and he wrote about the disappointment of this late season collapse. And he said it was a my fault. And he said, I promise you things will be corrected and there are exciting days to come. The man was not wrong. This is exciting in a weird, weird way. It's also, like you mentioned, a free fall where they're just reaching out and trying to grab something. And hey, Jeff Saturday, number 63. It feels like it's that. And that's the reality. I do want to point out two things. I talked to two players last week, kind of getting a sense of what was wrong. And, and the first thing that jumped out was he said, Frank doesn't chew out his best players. And I think a lot of those best players have underperformed this season. Not just Shaq Leonard because he's been hurt and he just got back, but Jonathan Taylor's had the fumbles. Michael Pittman's had the drops. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, all of them, right? All of them have struggled. He said Frank Reich has not chewed out those guys, but the players know that's not Frank's style, and they also know his hands were tied with the most significant move. 
Jim Mercer deserves some blame for ordering a quarterback change to a quarterback that made the Colts less competitive and Sam Ellinger. I think that's I think that's pretty fair, right? I mean, I'm not saying Matt Ryan was perfect. The turnovers and the interceptions hurt, but they were a better offense. They can't move Ryan, with Sam with, Ellinger. With they just can't move with him. Right. And that's nothing against Sam. He shouldn't be playing right now, but he is. The players know, and that's my beef with Jim Mercer right now, is you forced Frank to play a quarterback who makes you less competitive on offense, and then you pull the plug in two games. But the reality is Frank didn't get it done. That's the reality. He knows that. He knew on Sunday in that press conference that it was over. The second thing is I feel like these guys are still in it in terms of they are still committed and they're tr- still trying to win. They're not waving that fl- the white flag. There was a meeting in the locker room in Foxborough on Sunday between Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger and Quentin Nelson that lasted for 30 minutes. And I'd never seen a meeting like this after a game. And they talked forever. And it feels like when I talk to Quentin, obviously the frustration is there. And this doesn't remove the fact that they're not playing well. But it feels like they want to get something fixed. They are tired of being embarrassed. Their pride is taking a hit. And it feels like some guys are still committed. When they start to give up, we're going to know. I just think it's 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 a poorly coached team. It's a poorly constructed team. All those things are true, and that's why they're struggling. We don't need to get into that. But for those asking what it's like behind the scenes, some guys really still care. I do really believe that. Would you agree? Would you disagree? And it'll be interesting to see tomorrow what they say because this is strange. Absolutely. I think that it's always hard to judge if players care, if they're playing hard, stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, this is what they love to do. And if anything at all, you'll play for a chance to provide for your family, a chance to continue your dream. Because, again, we look at some of these players like Quentin Nelson and Shaquille and others who have been paid you know, a lot of money or guys who are on second contract, even Gross Stewart, you know, has got a pretty decent payday. There's also a lot of other guys who haven't gotten that, you know, don't have that security, so to speak, if it, if it doesn't work out. So every game is your resume. Every game is your tape. Every game is your audition to prove that you belong in the NFL, whether it's with the culture or with someone else. So I think they're going to continue to play hard in that regard. It's just, can you play well? And again, if Jeff Saturday is a magician and he figures out this offensive line in a matter of days <laughs> and they go out there and just maul the Raiders by all means, like build a statue right now. You know what? Why not? We've already gotten a little crazy. Just build a statue right next to Peyton Manning. But in all seriousness, I think that these guys are going to play hard because that's, I think that innately you, you you do that when your back is against the wall because how did you get here if you don't care? I think you have to care and you play football. Like there's other sports, maybe I can go on a tangent about that, but like, you know, does basketball, does every basketball player love basketball? I think you have to love football because you have to be crazy to play it. So to go out there and put your body on the line, I think you have to care. And then if we see like, I think the word I'll, I'll use is like, if we see just more of the weight of it, more disdain because right now there's still like an ounce of resiliency and, and like a, a bit of fed upness but i just don't think that that will always be there um you know if these losses continue to pile up there's three straight losses and if i'm looking at the schedule i don't really see that many left for this team mainly because they just can't score and it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you can't score you can't win and um we'll see i mean it is exciting it is honestly Shocking. Exciting is a weird way yeah, to Yeah, but it. I mean, I'll put it like this. All eyes are going to be on Indianapolis. I mean, how many people were watching that press conference last night instead of Monday Night Football? So, 
It certainly makes Sunday. Of course, it is for how long. I'll, that I'll is a good, that. you know, caveat to throw it, in there. It makes but it this upcoming game is one that will fascinate the rest of the league, and we'll be there to cover it. We'll be in Vegas, and yeah, we'll see how this goes because I, I don't know. I didn't know coming into the season what would what would happen on my first NFL season. I don't know what's going to happen as I go through the rest of my NFL season. I should have told you. <laughs> I should have told you on August 10th that by week 10, Jeff Saturday was going to be the interim coach and Sam Ellinger was going to be the quarterback. You would have laughed your Absolutely, ass off. and I would have you know, made you go get a wellness check or something. But um, here we are, Zach. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> In the last 22 days, the Colts have lost three games. They have benched their starting quarterback. They fired their offensive coordinator. They traded a running back. They fired their head coach. And they hired an ESPN analyst with high school coaching experience to replace him. What can happen next? How can this get weirder? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doubting them. I'm never going to doubt them in that category. But like you said, we'll be there. Thanks for following along. Thanks for reading. I have a story up this morning. James has a story up this morning. Bob Kravitz wrote a story yesterday. We will have coverage all week. We will let you know what the players say tomorrow from the locker room. We will meet with Jeff Saturday tomorrow. We'll talk to the coordinators, well, Gus Bradley, and then Scotty Montgomery. Is, if, if he's still filling that OC role, we'll find out who's calling the plays. And we'll go from there. It's the greatest soap opera in the league right now. And we get a front row seat for it. So thanks for following along. For James Boyd, this is Zach Kiefer. This is 1% Better. And we are now accepting suggestions (laughs) for the name change. You guys throw them out. You guys throw them out there. Maybe I'll throw a Twitter poll up. And I am welcoming any suggestion you guys have because they have not gotten 1% Better in about two and a half years. So thanks for listening. And we will catch up with you guys after Vegas. Here's a great part about my career. I came in, nobody expected anything. I'm here, nobody expects anything. If it goes well, hopefully it'll go extremely well. But I have no preconceived notion that I'm going to be some spectacular anything.